Welcome to the Revolution Church Podcast. Oh, I gotta get my books. We are back, live again. Um, Man, I hope you guys enjoyed what we did last week, even though we had a hard time getting it up and people said they didn't see it live, but we've got it up um, and have listened already to uh, Peter Rollins' reading of uh, Tillich's You Are Accepted. It was really, it was really good. I was really glad he was willing to do that. I'm just letting everybody kind of wander in here on your own for a few. So I feel a little like, oh my gosh, no Galatians and no Paul Tillich. Oh my. Um, it's it's funny. I had a. I'll just start off with this. It was like last night. I had a debate on the, on, uh, on. Oh, not a debate just a disagreement with someone who didn't believe that Paul was actually Jewish and doesn't really like the Apostle Paul. And of course, I really like the Apostle Paul. And it's funny how quick you can become like a fundamentalist in your own belief system, you know? Because I caught myself getting really, really passionate. I mean, really passionate with my thumbs. Um... You know, when someone disagrees with you, and, and it's always a good reminder, like, it's it's so easy to talk about disagreeing well and arguing well, and then, um, and then it comes up, and, uh, you know, then something you really are passionate about comes up, and, and, you know, you have to, con- you know, check yourself, you know, continue to, like, check, check, like, where you're at, and what you're thinking, and, all that stuff, you know, so, but yeah, it's funny, like, you kind of really, like, it's something you have to work on, so it's so easy to be like, argue well, disagree well, you know, and then you get in that argument, and you have to breathe, and, you know, try not to go down rabbit holes, and, you know, because you just want to say, like, can't you understand what I'm saying? (laughs) Trust me, I'm right. Anyway, so hope you all had a okay week. Um, I mean, it's <clears throat> really been devastating to see everything that's been going on um, continuously. Like another uh, school shooting. This one was at a private school. Um, You know, I think these school shootings show us how much, like, politics is about money. You know? Like, it's not about race. It's not about all that. I mean, you know, this is a private school, Christian private school, you know, small white children killed, black person killed, white teachers killed. You know, I, I think it just shows how it's, like, it's all about, like, oh, well, 
the, we're not protecting anybody as long as our our financial interests are on the table. I mean, even what you know, conservatives are saying, well, it's about mental health, and but there's no plans to do anything for mental health or do any mental health checks for uh, for people who want guns. And you know, the you know, the Democrats are saying, well, we can't do anything because the conservatives, everybody's blaming each other, and um, it's starting to feel like we're. I, th I think we're being lied to. Politics, uh, right, left politics, sometimes start to feel like wrestling to me. You know, like they both give and take a little bit, but just so we can think that there's a big difference, and then at the end of the day, we realize that oh, nobody's doing anything about our kids dying. You know, and when you have kids, it, it kind of the perspective changes. You know. Anyway, I, I'm, I'm going to try not to get political here, but it's just sad, you know, when you have children worrying about their, your kids and um, how we are so uh, tied to our politicians and our parties is just bonkers to me as well. Um, like this weird type of loyalty to, to you know, pull their lines and so, I mean I literally had someone argue with me and they were literally pulling the lines I'd heard from a politician that day and it was just like I was just so like I was like this is weird. this is weird you know this is, this is just like it doesn't make sense like these aren't good people who run our country you know um, and I get both sides who get angry at me for saying that and it's okay, you know, that's just my two cents. Um, you know, and then I saw this thing uh, in North Dakota where the, the, the North Dakota, like, Senate is not going to, you know, not let, you know, don't want to feed kids in school, poor kids in school, don't want to provide them with free school lunches. And um, they blamed the parents. And it was just like another thing of, like, you know, these people don't care. They're not taking care of, well, if they can't take care of children, they don't want to feed children. They want to blame the parents. They want the children to be blamed because the parents don't have enough money, you know? And so a kid has to go hungry at school. I mean, if the government's gonna make you go to school, you think the government would have to provide food for you. Um, but the North Dakota, you know, and it's, you know, and it's crazy. It's like, the, it's such a biblical thing and these are people are Republicans. And I'm not trying to bash the Republicans, but you know, you gotta walk around saying you're a Christian group of folks or that your party is the party of Christians and then say, we're not gonna feed children, you know? And then we're not gonna put things in line that are gonna help kids not get killed by guns, whether it's better gun control or mental health issues, whatever you guys are, whatever the thing is, you can't, you can't do that. I mean, it's just, it doesn't, it's just a lie. And that's what we're dealing with is we're, and so I feel like we have to speak truth to both sides, but we have to step back and realize even when our team or our favorite wrestler or whatever they are nowadays is, is lying, is not telling the truth, is in somebody else's pocket. You know, it's just, wake up folks, you know? Hey, look who it is, Josh. Good to see you, buddy. Um, 
So, you know, seeing these shootings, seeing like what they were doing in North Dakota and just like politically, watching people just tear each other up politically was um, just really heartbreaking to watch. Um, and I was really kind of like, oh, where are we going to go into this after Tillich and Galatians and boom. And, and so what I wanted to... Um, <laughs> yeah, I have a whole thing about why political politics are like professional wrestling. And one day I'll maybe give that talk or maybe I'll write it in a book. Um, I think it's I think it's interesting. But it would take a lot of it's going to be very clear so I don't get stepped on anybody's toes too hard or don't get canceled or any of this stuff, but I think it's, if we could sit back and take a look at what it really is. And, um, you know, that they're all in the same locker room being paid by the same people at the end of the day. Anyhow, sorry folks. Sorry, I'm getting a little radical for you. <laughs> the revolution, uh, revolution will be on YouTube. Um, so as you know, I don't like scapegoating, so I don't like scapegoating either side, but I do like freaking holding both sides accountable, folks. That's just, I think it's important and that we live in a world where we're honest with ourselves and honest with each other, you know? Um, I mean, don't follow a party. I mean, sit there and think like, you know, try to use common sense. I mean, I know thinking can be hard and judgment is easy, but, you know, if it's kids, who gives a shit who's president? You know, let's, you know, I mean, I think we have to have tough conversations. I think we have to ask ourselves, is the Second Amendment an outdated amendment? I mean, is there, you know, is it putting our children at danger or is it mental health? If it's mental health, then, you know, can we, can we make it so that people have to see a therapist for six months and get, you know, uh, found to be healthy before they can buy a purchase of a weapon? You know, I mean, just things like this, like just give us ideas of, you know, like these are like grown human beings in politics our whole life and no one's giving us any solutions, you know, and then <laughs> North, I'm sorry. And then in North Dakota, they're like, Oh yeah, we're not going to feed these kids. You know, these kids might not even want to eat. Maybe that's the problem. And these parents, we shouldn't have to take care of these parents. It's like, no, that is actually your job. Your job is to care for the people of this country and help us have better lives. We're all fighting over all these weird little things, but none of us can freaking afford to go to the doctor. You know, I mean, it's insane. You know, I'm watching people being homeless on the streets, you know, and losing their houses and losing their apartments. And, you know, we're arguing over stuff. You know, I don't know. It just makes me crazy that we're not looking at actual solutions that we just, I think that's why I think we're being just, the wrestling metaphor works in, 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 in politics is because, you know, they fight over things that don't directly affect us, you know. And we still go, oh, okay, well, we'll be loyal to them because we like what they're, they're doing over there, even though it doesn't really, at the end of the day, it only helps this part or this part, you know. It doesn't matter that it doesn't, you know, help my kids or help 
you know, the poor or things like that. Anyway, I digress. Yeah, we'll flush that out, Josh. It's, it's there, buddy. It's, it's definitely a, a chapter in a book. All right. Who among us? So I, 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 I've got a suspect advice. Matthew. I'm going to be in Matthew today. And I wanted to point something out. And, and I don't know if today is going to be, we're going to spend much time today or not, you know, we've had some long talks, but um, I, I was thinking about this and thinking about politics and thinking about Jesus and, and something I found interesting about Jesus, and so I thought I'd share it with you and see if we can uh, pull anything out, you know, of this. Um... Matthew 2, 15, where are you? I think I went to, oh, I think it's Mark. Sorry, folks. There it is. I had a lot, uh, where is it? A lot of coffee today, so. Yes, Mark. You'll understand why my dyslexia made it Matthew, but we're in Mark. Okay, so Mark. Mark 2, 15, if you're following along. Um, and as he sat at dinner at Levi's house, which was Matthew, many tax collectors and sinners were also sitting with Jesus and his disciples. For there were many who followed him. So a lot of Jesus' disciples were like tax collectors and also, uh, what is it, sinners? Sinners? They were disconnected. Remember we talked about that, but not connecting. Um, when the scribes and the Pharisees saw that he was eating with sinners and tax collectors, they said to his disciples, Why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? When Jesus heard this, he said to them, those who are well have no need for a physician, but those who are sick. I have come to call sinners, not the righteous, but sinners. Now, I really like the New Living Version because it says I've come to call those uh, sinners, not those who think they're good enough, because I, I like that idea. And I also like, um, it also says in the, in, in the New Living, uh, it says the the the, the, the um, the Pharisees say, why does your teacher eat with such scum, you know? And so we, we see this here. Jesus is at Matthew's house having dinner and that religious leaders are going, why are you eating with these people? And I want to jump over to John. And I think we might be able to tie this into Galatians as well in a second. But... um. John 4, 27. So this is about the woman at the well. And this is Jesus. He had to go through Samaria to talk to the woman at the well. Now, these are two talks I give every year, probably. Um, I've put them together, but just briefly for this for a particular reason that you'll see here in a second. Um, but, you know, Jesus is with the woman at the well. They're having a long talk. It's a great story. Highly recommend you check it out and read it. Fantastic stuff. 
Um, but we're not going to just, that's not what we're going to focus on. We're going to focus at this last part uh, in 427 where it says, Jesus, uh, just then his disciples came. They're, you know, they had gone on a walk and Jesus was at the talking to the woman in the well and they went to get some food. Just then the disciples came and they were astonished that he was speaking with a woman. But no one said, what do you want or why are you speaking with her? Then the woman left her water jar and went back to the city. She said to the people, come, uh, come see the man who told me everything I have ever done. He cannot, uh, he cannot be the Messiah, can he? They left the city and they were on their way to him. Now, what I like about this is the fact that We just saw Jesus eating with the disciples and the Pharisees saying, why is he eating with these sinners? These bad people. Then you see some of these disciples who were probably included as sinners if Matthew was there because Matthew was a tax collector. He was actually in the midst of tax collecting when Jesus calls him, which is insane. Um, for a lot of reasons. Rabbis didn't usually go out, you know, bringing people, to ask people to join them. Usually you went to the rabbi. Um, so Jesus finds this Pharisee, I mean, finds this tax collector, brings him in. You had zealots and, you know, all sorts of different folks. But then you have Jesus meeting with the woman at the well. And what happens is his disciples go, why is he talking to this woman alone? That's not really things that rabbis are supposed to do. And this woman's obviously questionable. She's here alone. They're talking alone. And then they start asking Jesus about food. And he goes, I have food you don't know about. And when he explains, like, his food, he says, I get, I, I get fed from doing the will of the Father. And what he's saying is, is I get fed from, from meeting with people who are outcasts and hopeless and giving them hope. Now, what I, what I wanted to see here, what you see here is that Jesus never was cared, seemed to care what the opinion of others was of who he spent time with. So even when the disciples, who I think like the Dirty Dozen, you know, these crazy guys uh, from all walks of life, like, you know, that old movie, The Dirty Dozen, you know, um, 1960s military movie. That's really good. Like, now they're like, whoa, what's he doing over there with this woman, you know? E even they are worried. Just like the Pharisees were worried that they were, he was at Matthew's house. And it was this idea that Jesus did not care what people thought. He was open and willing to talk to anyone and have discussions with anyone. I mean, you think about the story of the woman at the well, he uses her and reveals himself as the Christ, as the Messiah, and then sends her back to be his spokesperson. You know, and he's doing the same with Matthew. And all at the same time, the outsiders, the others, uh, the, the disciples or the Pharisees or the other, come in and question his, who, what's he doing? What are they thinking? What, and the reason I think this is important you know, Jesus was, ne was known for a friend of the worst type of people and a wine bibber, a drunkard, as they would say, 
about Jesus. The, the reason I think this is important is because living in such a divided world, you know, in a divided country, you know, there is just times where we have to go out of our comfort zone. You know, we've got to get rid of this idea that we have these, like, gods of politicians or these political parties are somehow our gods, you know. Um, even when the, I think these political parties represent us in some ways, I think we have to take a step back and go, like, who are they not? Who are they, you know? What, what's, what's the bigger picture here? Are we being played with? You know, I mean, I think we have to do this in order for us to be a community because we're all going to be like, oh, I can't believe you talked to that person. Oh, I can't believe you, you, you're friends with them. Or, oh my gosh, you know. Uh, but Jesus was always willing to go where people didn't want him to go. Jesus was always willing to do what he was conv convicted to do, even when it got him in trouble. Now, Jesus, you know, obviously wasn't killed by Rome because he was so exclusive. You know, he just stuck within his, you know, just the, 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 the Pharisees. Jesus talked to everybody. Now, then you look into, like, the book of Galatians. Uh, what you have is when Peter comes in and says, is angry that Paul, Paul comes in and sees Peter and James separating the Jews and the Gentiles apart from each other. And, and, and Paul confronts them. Now, we never find out if, Paul's confrontation worked or not, but he's calling them to be like in one, one, <laughs> he's like, you can't do this. This is hypocrisy. You guys splitting up, you know? And I guess I thought about this yesterday because of this uh, conversation I was having about Jesus not being actually Jewish. Um, uh, so, uh, so, so Paul is basically saying, like, we're all one. And Jesus is showing that. And I think what Paul is showing by that confrontation with Peter and James and those folks and the Gentiles and the Jews being separated at, 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 in the meals. And it's funny that all these have to do with meals as well because a meal kind of represented a covenant that you would build with someone else. Um, is, is the reality, is almost as, you know, like, Paul understood Jesus in a very different way. Paul didn't always talk about what Jesus did as a person or as a human being. Uh, he talked a little bit more about what was accomplished, you'd think, on the cross. But then you hear words like, you, then you hear things like this where Paul's saying, you know, no, we're, you know, we're not Gentile senator, we're come to call together. You know, you have Paul constantly saying, we've got to come together, be careful not biting and devouring one another. Don't other each other. And, and one of the things that's really fantastic about that is that he must have been familiar with these stories. He must have understood in a deeper sense and a deeper meaning that it's not about us and them. And Jesus obviously was showing that constantly it wasn't about us and them. Um... What was it? Uh, so, so Jesus is always using the other to teach them and let them know no one is really ever the other. You understand? Do you hear that? Like politics, 
and religion and identity politics try to other us, just like, you know, pain, but, 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 uh, but, but, but try to like other us and, and say, well, they're the others. Well, they're, they're Christian. They're non-Christian. They're, uh, you know, they're conservative or they're Republican or they're whatever, blah, 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 or they're that denomination or they, whatever we were, you know, they're black, they're white, they're gay, they're straight, you know, and we're trying to other, 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 other. And then there's things like pain and poverty and suffering that bring us together in kind of are the great equalizers. Um, and then there's things like continuously in Christianity, we have these, these things that's splitting us. Why do you eat with them? Why do you do this? Why do you think this way? Why do you, you know, and we attack each other. And what it seems to be that we're called to do is, is to, to be a hospital, to be, my mother said that, you know, too often the, the church has become a, a courthouse rather than a hospital, you know? And I think that's what we see is, is we don't see this, this, this call for us to not other, you know, as though you do unto the least of these, you do to me. You know, we're called to, I mean, I know this is simple and, and it seems almost ridiculous and too simple to even base a talk on the fact that Jesus upset the disciples and made them curious and question who he hung out with, but he also did it to the religious leaders. But what I want to say is that I think if we were in a place where this divided groups are saying, well, why are you talking to this group or why are you talking to these people? You're in a go-okay place. What I'm trying to say is it's okay to have friends in different places. You know, when I think back to some of the people who really stuck by my parents in the early days and really showed us a lot of love and a lot of grace, I would say that 99% of them, 98% of them uh, were conservatives who had different politics than me but they showed love and they showed grace and they showed restoration, you know. Um, they were there, <laughs> they gave me rides to school, you know, they listened to my heart, they, they took, you know, took care, helped take care of my family and cared about us. So to say like, well, these guys are all bad is, is ridiculous. It's because we disagree on, on these, on, on politics. Uh, to shame others. And I like the example that Jesus was constantly, you know, he would sit down and talk to Pharisees, that he would sit down and talk to Gentiles, that he would sit down and talk to, what, you know, the other. The whole point is to let them feel human. Even if the woman caught in the, in the midst of adultery, which is not in the earlier manuscripts of the Bible, but still, like, if you just take that story for what's happening there, it's Jesus revealing humanity to everyone, saying she's not this action, she's not this thing, she's human. It's like Christ continues to try to reveal our humanity to, our, to us and to the others, you know? And then you have someone like Paul Kamala, there's neither male nor female nor Jew nor Gentile, he's saying like, you know, these things, these separators, these divisions that we continue to build are just all in our mind. We're the ones who continue to support this system, you know, through these, like, different types of politics of separating each other. 
So I think what's happening here is Jesus is kind of calling us to be be in difficult situations. I, I, I was I was shared this earlier yesterday because I think it's one of the most ignored parts of the Bible, um, which is really strange because it's also one of the most focused on parts of the Bible. Um, because you have the uh, Jesus teachings here on 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 a lot of other things, but look at this. Like in in Luke six twenty seven, but I say to you, listen, love your enemies, do good to those who pers- do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the other cheek, other turn the other cheek also. But I, I like those first two mostly. Not that the cheek thing doesn't have, but I think we could go further into that with, well, you're also making a political statement when you do this and that type of thing. But, but I say to you, listen, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. And then if you even jump over to 37, it says, do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and you will receive, be given to you. You know, so there's this concept and this idea that Christ was constantly putting forward is that there is really no other. There is no us and them. And even when Jesus did say, well, I've come for the Jewish children, blah, 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 to the woman at the table, and she goes, well, even... Even dogs get crumbs from the table. Jesus goes, you're right. Your faith has made you whole. And it's almost as though he has a moment of repentance going, I've just othered you, and that's not what I should be doing. And then you have the Apostle Paul show up and blow everything out and go, oh yeah, Gentiles are here as well. But you see Jesus interact with Gentiles and go, and them confront him, and he goes, oh, you're correct. So even Jesus isn't above reproach, above rebuke within this type of idea of not othering others. And unless we get to the point where we can fearlessly walk into both of these worlds. Now, I've been working on this, 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 this project about my mother. And so I, I went in and read, read some of her books that I, that I really hadn't read before because she was my mom. You know, why am I reading my mom's books? and done some other things, and looking at her life and realizing like what impressed people about her so much was is that she was able to be like one week at the gay bookstore signing autographs, you know, in the gayborhood, like in Atlanta or something. And then the next week she's, you know, speaking at, you know, singing at some like, ORU, you know, and she was able to just love people and just go into these different communities. And People like to go like, oh, isn't that sweet? Isn't she cute? Isn't she naive? You know, and they saw it as naivety, but it wasn't naivety. It was naivety. She wasn't naive. She was just, she just loved people. She just cared about people. She, when she said God doesn't make any junk or all come from the same old dirt and things like that, she really meant it. She really believed that. And, um, and if you think about everything, even all our politics, like, wh- I don't want to bow down and follow politics that continues to other people. You know? I don't want to live a life that does that. I don't like the way America is right now. I don't like being this way. I don't like that we're all trying to own each other and make, you know, make each other look like asses online constantly. 
you know, and uh, that we're so stuck to our points that we're not, you know, we've become so party-minded that we're no earthly good, <laughs> you know, that we can't, like, sit down and go, like, okay, well, we got to sit down and solve this problem because it's a huge problem, rather than being, like, my way or the highway. And I think what you see with Jesus being able to sit and motivate and talk to all these people from different walks of life is that he was always open to seeing things different to the point when that woman says, well, even dogs that come from the table, he's corrected. You know, this is showing that none of us are above that and above having tough conversations. And it's, I guess what I'm trying to say is, is really boiled down to is, um, Be bigger than your identity. You know, be bigger than your politics. Um, you know, it, it's cool and interesting because it said Jesus did not, you know, demand, you know, never demanded his own way, didn't raise his voice in the streets and all that kind of stuff. He never took the power of being this, you know, the son of God or, you know, when the disciples were like, we should smoke this place and bring down fire because they rejected us. And Jesus is like, you don't even know what you're talking about. Like this, this like vengeance, this need for vengeance and revenge and owning others and putting others in the right place. You know, this isn't, doesn't work. I mean, Dr. King set out an example of saying love is the only force capable of turning an enemy into a friend. And this is the hard work. I mean, this is why it says, love your enemies, be kind of. This is why Jesus could sit down with the Pharisees who wanted to kill him and have conversations and say, listen, I'm here because these people need to be loved and you guys aren't loving them. I mean, he's speaking truth. You, know, you go you'll say stuff like you go, you, know, you go cross land and sea and make one convert and turn them into twice the sons of hell that you are. I mean, he was saying like stuff that was, you know, but at the same time, he would say things like, you know, these are the religious leaders, and he would sit down and have conversations. Anyhow, the point is, is I just don't want us to think that we are, let's, don't, when, when, when things like Paul says there's neither Jew nor Gentile, male nor female, when Jesus is sitting with Pharisees, and they're, I mean, with sinners and Pharisees are angry, and then when Jesus is with the woman at the well and his own disciples are like questioning what he, the heck he's doing, you know, I'm saying like, don't hold on to your identity. Don't allow other people's expectations to dictate what you do or your work. Because when we talk about loving others and arguing well and doing this type of thing, you really have to get comfortable within who you are. And that's why I think last week's talk, but Pete wrote, you are accepted. You are accepted by that greater than yourself. And you might not change, you might do that, but it's so valuable and so important to what we're trying to do here in this gathering with revolution is this idea of accepting ourselves for all our unique differences and being able to walk through, you know, and to be able to walk through both sides, to be able to sit down with both people, to sit down with Republicans and sit down with, you know, Democrats and sit down with each other and disagree well, sit down with neo-atheists and the new atheist and sit down with neo-Calvinists and sit down and have talk conversations. Sometimes it does feel like you're hitting your head against the wall. I know this. Sometimes it does feel hopeless. And so you have to take time to yourself. You have to take time with others, discuss this stuff. Often if I'm struggling with something, I'll find like maybe like a, a talk on it or 
or like a TV show or like a book and I'll say, hey, Pete, could you read this part of, with me and can we sit down and talk about it? And, and often we'll end up debating it and, and, and arguing it out, but we come to a clear place by the end, you know, um, because I want to learn. You know, I want to learn how to confront these issues. I want to learn how to be with people. I want to learn how to talk to each other. And, um, and so that's what I'm trying to do, you know, and that's what I think we're trying to do is argue well and, and really know that this, this division isn't, and scapegoating just doesn't work. Um, but we have to be willing to allow our tribes to go, what the hell are you doing? What are you thinking? You know, um, and that's what happens. You know, when I, when I, when I critique both parties, it's very interesting now, when I critique both parties, I usually have a lot of, um, a lot of my uh, Democrat friends, you know, and here I've been, I have to explain, well, I've left the Democrat and all this stuff to them because they get so angry and go like, yeah, but they're not like the conservatives who do this and then to take away this and steal this, you know. I'm going, all right, listen, I've grown up with this, you know, but I'm critiquing both sides because this is what I see missing. You know, this is what I see, this, there's, there's something missing from both sides. You know, we've become so divided that we're not, you know, we're only, we're only representing this and this. You know, we have to come together and learn to compromise on things, to change things. If we want to, I mean, for basic things is like keeping our children safe and making sure poor children have food to eat when they go to school. You know, just the basics. But the funny thing is, is the basics with Jesus is when he taught these things of like how you treat the least of these is how you do to me, you know, feed the hungry, clothe the poor. And those same sermons in the exact same sermon, the Beatitudes, he also says, love your neighbor and love your enemy and do good to those who persecute you. You know, don't allow, you know, pray for them. If you can't talk to them, pray for them. But otherwise, if you can do something kind for them, do something kind for them. Take the opportunity to take the higher road and the road less traveled. Don't scapegoat them. Don't fall to the same plat. Don't, don't, you know, don't throw pearls to swine. And so sometimes that just means is like, you're not going to get anywhere with arguing the, the political issue here, but you might get somewhere with showing them love, showing them respect, or finding a common ground at least. So that's, that's the talk today. It's nothing revolutionary, but it really is revolutionary if it's put into practice. It doesn't seem like this big thing like, well, you know, people weren't comfortable with Jesus who Jesus talked to. But I'm saying I want you to be comfortable being in these different areas. You should be comfortable, you know, just because someone thinks you're bad doesn't mean you're bad, you know? And when you allow that wall to come down and you love people, or when you start to say, I don't really care what these people think of me. I don't care what my disciples think of me. I don't care what the religious leaders speak of me. I'm still going to speak truth to them and talk to them and share a table with them. Something happens. This is how we create a movement. But if we're separating, we only have half a movement, and then there's always the other, you know? And uh, so what I try to do is make my enemies less. You know, have less enemies.
you know, and have things like, you know, just, you know, things, sometimes I just don't care about this, these certain things, you know, and so it's very hard to do. So I don't know. Um, I want us to be accept that we're accepted. We've just went through Galatians of bringing people together, bringing two divided groups together. Then we go into Tillich, and Tillich is talking about sin. And what does he say sin is? Sin is separation, separation from ourselves and separation from others. What is grace? Reunification, bringing people together, bringing ourselves together, accepting ourselves. Oh, you know. Then we get to hear it without Jay's commentary in Pete's lovely Irish accent, you know. And then today, all I'm saying is, is now, when you do that, what's the fruits of those ideas is being able to walk within two worlds and love people on both sides and see good in everyone. And I know that seems crazy, but I'll give you one example and we'll leave it here. And you've heard me say this before, but yesterday I went to go to the punk rock flea market in, in uh, Seattle, downtown. And I could not find a parking spot downtown. That was under $25. And so I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to go to the flea market about, about 45 minutes to an hour driving around. Um, so I, I, I go home. Um, but one of the things I, I was joking with a friend, I was like, well, probably good, because I was so angry by the end of the time. But had I gone in there, and last time I was there, there was a guy selling these shirts that said, uh, f Johnny Rotten. And the reason the shirt says that is because because he wore a Make America Great Again shirt. And the whole thing was, is, look at this. Look at this, look at this. The whole reason that that shirt existed is because that, because he had a different political view. Not the fact that, you know, John Lydon takes care of his, you know, wife with, who has late stage dementia or that he's adopted his own grandkids and, and raised them as his own. There's things about this man he doesn't know, like really great things about this man. He's a complicated human being, but there's really these great things. But it was that one thing, it was the politics. You know, punk rock wouldn't be punk rock without the sex pistols, I'm sorry. It just wouldn't be. Post-punk would not be the way it is after, if it wasn't for that one band and, and the particular sound. Um, but that one thing, that one political thing was able to say, well, Null and void, I hate them, I don't want anything to do with them. Like, that's our thing. Like, if political differences is our level of how we're to hate people, like, I thought punk rock accepted everybody and we're all allowed to, like, disagree. And then it's like, no, if you, you know, you don't belong here, you're, you're a scam. You know, like, that's not the world I want to live in. You know, I don't want to learn to live in a world without nuances where I can connect in those kind areas and maybe see some change come through those areas, you know? And I honestly think that the, we scapegoat each other so much with politics and religion that they have become idols. And that's why revolution is a gathering and not a church right now. Um, or based on, you know, I'm progressive or I'm, you know. We've got to learn to like, live in all those areas and be like Paul and say, hey, we, we need to be sitting at the same tables. Otherwise, nothing changes. Anyhow, that's it today. Um, hey, listen, we, we, 
this was a really great month for Revolution. You guys really helped support the work of the church, and I just want to say thank you so much for the gathering. Oops. <laughs> and um, Freudian slip. And, you know, I was able to pay, get paid, <laughs> and um, that was really amazing, and I can't tell you how much peace I have from that, and it allows me to do better work. And it's also helped us pay our revolution, our, pay our bills. So I just want to uh, thank you for that. And um, it's, uh, I, I, I'm grateful for your support. And you can support Revolution at revolutionchurch.com. Thanks so much. And some of you have really been out there sharing these talks and, and with people. And I'm grateful for that. So great to see you. Um, next Sunday is Easter, so who knows what... what fantastic surprises we have for next Sunday and uh, so we'll see you then love you guys have a great week and um, you know keep making good trouble and uh, let's not other anybody anymore let's let's make people just go like what is wrong with them why do they just seem to care about everybody you know because it's funny oh god I keep trying to close and I keep going on but it's really it's really interesting is um, I saw some quotes I put up this picture of my mom and, and RuPaul and some people wrote wow we need someone more like Tammy Faye today and I think my mom was just always trying to grasp that essence of Jesus of I just you know I love everybody and I just want everybody to know that they're loved and as simple as that is and uncool as that is and un-PC as that is it really left an impact on people's lives and uh, I hope we can continue that type of work. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. To make your 100% tax-deductible donation today, please visit revolutionchurch.com donate. You can also learn more by clicking the donate section on the website.